Hey, welcome to Westside Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. Here at Westside, we're all about equipping believers to succeed in life and mature in Christ as they reach, win, and disciple others. In just a moment, you're going to hear an encouraging message. But before we get into it, if we can serve you in any way by helping you grow in your walk with God, we want to connect with you at wcspokane.com slash connect. Fill that out and someone from our team will reach out to you. Now let's get ready to study the word together. We had a great baptism service last week. Three folks, all connected to the youth group in one way or another, got baptized. Come on, that's exciting, amen? Yeah, there's going to be more of that coming too. Thank you, Lord. God is good to us. So we're finishing a series today called What's Your Rank? What's Your Rank? Talking about the authority that Jesus Christ gave the church when he left the planet, when he went back to heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. And he told us that we have authority in the earth, that all authority was granted to him. And then he said to the church, now go, take that authority, use it. Amen? So we're finding out over the last few weeks that uh, we've been putting up with some stuff we probably shouldn't have been putting up with. And we've been letting some stuff slide in our lives that we should have taken authority over. We figured out that the enemy wants to do some stuff in your life too. You know, if you're born again and you gave your heart to Jesus, you've already missed the perfect will of the devil for your life. His perfect will is that you miss God completely and go to hell forever. But if you gave Jesus the lordship of your life, you you already missed it. So he's happy to just have Christians live a ho-hum life. To not exercise their authority, to just make it through life where the gates of heaven just, just help them right on in at the very end. He's, he's fine with that because he, you've already missed your destiny in hell in him. You've made your destiny in Christ in heaven. What he's afraid of, what he's scared of, what he doesn't want is believers that will take their authority and walk in it and wreak havoc in his kingdom, in the kingdom of darkness. Because there's nothing he can do about it. Do you know that? Getting people born again, when they say yes to Jesus, he cannot keep them from making Jesus the Lord of their life. Did you know that? There's not a devil in hell that can keep somebody from making Jesus Lord of their life. All he has is subversions and distractions. That's all he has. But if we'll rise up and take our authority, right, and know what that looks like, and act like we have some authority in the earth, that's scary to him. You know, I like being the devil's worst nightmare. I like it. I like it when I wake up and I just know it's on today, buddy. I'm bringing the whole house. Come on, it's going to be a good day. Amen? Amen. Walking, talking, living, breathing, sons and daughters of the living God. Come on, the world should just be like, wow. What is up with them? What do they know that I don't know? There's a whole group of Christians and believers that preach against the authority of the believer. Did you know that? They call it sacrilege. That we're being sacrilege. You know what that means? It means blasphemous. We're, we're making ourselves like God when we talk and think and act like God. But we didn't make this stuff up. This is in the book. 
He told us to be this way. He created us in his image and likeness. Jesus said, these works that I do, you'll do also, and greater works than these because I go to the Father. He wants us to act like him to such a measure that we blow through that because we have the Holy Spirit in the earth, in us, and, and Jesus at the right hand of the Father, and we do greater works. Jesus said that. That's not being prideful or haughty or blasphemous. That's just agreeing with the word of God. And the enemy's done a good job of just putting a lid on that. Anybody figure out a few things over the last few weeks that maybe you might have been dealing with that you shouldn't have been? Anybody at all? I mean, come on now. There's some stuff in your life that you've probably just been putting up with for too long. You just need to take authority over and say, no, not anymore. I'm not allowing this to go on anymore. This is changing. Amen? Amen. In Ephesians 1, verse 22, Jesus... The Bible says that Jesus, he put all things, the Lord God put all things under Jesus' feet. And he gave him, Jesus, to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This has been our text from the beginning of the series. We are the body of Christ. If Jesus is the head of all things, and he's been placed above all things, we as part of his body have been given that authority. Amen? Come on, this is good news. This will help you. Ephesians 2, 6 says, and he raised us up. That's the church. He raised us up together with Christ and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's our position. That's our place of authority in Christ. Come on, that's a position of power. Amen? Kings don't worry about whether their orders will be followed or not. If a king wants a ditch dug, he does not go get a shovel. They just give the decree. And by golly, that ditch better be dug. Yeah? There's an authority behind that, that order, that command, that's just confident. Yeah? You can, you can do this. You can, you can exercise authority over the enemy. You can exercise authority in your family and in your finances and in your health by seeing somebody else do it. And then trying to do it that same way. But it's going to be effective for you when you see it in the word for yourself. And it's built a foundation on the inside. And then out of that word, you speak of your own. There's something to be said about imitation. Come on, who's got kids? Whose kids have imitated them? And you've thought, all right, that's good. And you've thought, oh boy, that's, whew, Lord help us, Right? There's, there's something to be, that, to be said about imitation, right? Imitation is a good thing. But at some point, your kids have to figure out the why in why they're doing these things. That there's a purpose behind the way we do these things and why we do them. And they have to figure that out for themselves. They have to get that settled in their own lives. So we're raising and we're training a child in the way that they should go so that when they're old, they won't depart from it. But as they're being trained, they're learning for themselves how to use their own faith, how to use their own authority, how to step out on their own. Yeah? My wife and I are not dog people. We're not dog people. We like other people's dogs. I think dogs are wonderful. I like to pet dogs and play with dogs. But as far as dogs at our house, we are not dog people. My oldest daughter, 
would adopt all the dogs from everywhere if she could. And we've told her for a long time, baby, it just ain't going to happen in this house. When you're 18 and you're packed up, But I was checked by the Lord on this, and he, he prompted me. He said, teach her how to use her faith. Teach her, because she has to learn these things for herself. She just turned 13. She's got to learn some things about using her faith to receive from the Lord. I said, oh, over this one, Lord, like this one I got to teach her? That's what she wants. Okay. So I told her, I said, if you want a dog, you're going to have to believe God for a dog. And if you believe God for a dog, God will bring you a dog, and he'll bring you the right dog. But it's not just any dog. You can't just say, Lord, I'll take any mutt that comes along. You need to be specific so that you can prove to yourself that God is faithful. So guess what she did? She spent six months researching dogs. She knows all the dogs, almost. I'm like, what's that one? She goes, that looks like a, mit between, a mix between this and this. I'm like, how in the world? But she put her faith on something. And she came to me one time, and she said, I think I've got it figured out. She came to me a couple times. She goes, I like this one, but I'm not sure. I like this one, but I'm not sure. I'm not, I like this one. But then she came to me, and she goes, I think I got it. I'm like, okay, let's see this. Let's see this dog. And it's a Rhodesian. Ridgeback. Anybody heard of a Rhodesian? Okay. I have never heard of a Rhodesian. I'm thinking, Lord, this thing's going to be like 10 grand. You know, some sort of press thing out of Egypt or something, right? And so she shows me this dog, and I'm looking at this dog. I'm like, this is a cool-looking dog. Her faith has changed my heart about having a dog. And even more dramatic than that, it's changed her mama's faith about having a dog. I'm picking this dog up this week. Y'all pray hard. <laughs> but, but God brought her a dog and brought her the means to get it and, the, and connected her with the right people. And come on now, this is God. And the money didn't come out of my pocket. This is the Lord working for her. We got to teach our kids some things about taking some authority. She wrote down her scriptures. She wrote down the dog. She wrote down some stuff that she was believing for, and she pinned it up, and she looked at it, and she believed God for it. Amen? There's nothing wrong with that in the kingdom of God. Do you have, do you have things you want to believe God for? Write them down. Put some scripture. Make it specific and believe God. He will honor that. Amen? Prove to yourself God is faithful. Prove it. God's good. Amen? Colossians 2.15 says, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle over them, triumphing, triumphing over them in it. Jesus completely whooped the enemy. He's defeated. Totally defeated. Yeah. He has no access to you other than what we allow. And he will try to gain it. Guess where? He'll start in your thoughts, and then he'll try to get those thoughts in your mouth so you're agreeing with the bad report, or you're agreeing with the economic situation, or you're agreeing with how you feel. Telling everybody you come across, oh, this one and that one and... Come on, now, you got to be careful who you tell and what you tell about what. Because you don't want to get your mouth in agreement with something the devil said. What the curse says. You want to get your mouth in agreement and your heart in agreement with what the word of God says and what the promise says. No matter how it feels. Come on, now, it does not matter how you feel. 
You've got to talk to that. Say, mm-mm, not today, Satan. You know, pain, get out of my body. I'm healed in Jesus' name. It's already paid for. It's already mine. By his stripes, you were healed. Amen? But you've got to stand on that. You've got to know what your authority is. Not just because I said it, because you found it in the word. Revelation to you from the spirit of God for you is different than you just repeating what I said. Amen? I had to do this. Raised in a pastor's home, I had to find this for myself in the word of God for it to work. Because you can only live on the coattails of other people's faith for so long. At some point, God's going to say, guess what? Graduation time. Time to fly. Go to the edge of the nest, and I will help you. Because, come on. Amen? We talked last week about putting on the armor of God and how that's powerful, not to just proclaim it because you're reading it, but to understand what the armor means. You know, know that you're righteous. Know that truth will hold everything together. Come on, we need truth in this season, in our country, right? More than ever before. God's bringing truth to light. Thank you, Lord. We need truth. You need truth in your walk with the Lord. Holds everything together. Breastplate of righteousness. Come on, who you are in Christ. You are made righteousness of God in Christ. Helmet of salvation, protecting your noggin. Sword of the Spirit, right? Is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Shield of faith. Yay. And the shoes. Come on, wear your shoes outside, kids. Come on. You remember that from last week? My kids, man, put your shoes on. We're crying out loud. Be ready to give a defense for the hope that's inside of you. Yeah? So today we're going to talk about keeping your victory. Keeping it. Keeping it. Turn with me to Acts chapter 16. We have authority in the earth. Now, let me clarify so you understand what I mean. Just because you're a believer and you love Jesus does not mean that you have authority over other people, right? And I I mean this in the sense that parents, yes, hierarchy-wise, you have authority over your kids. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you trying to take authority over another person and get them to do what you want them to do, right? That's why those prayers that we pray sometimes are ungodly because we're trying to get God to do something in them. We're trying to get them to do something. If they would just shape up, my life would be a whole lot better. And in reality, the prayer you need to pray is, Lord, fix me. Help me. I need to make adjustments. I need to make changes. Amen? And you can pray for other people that God will bless them and help them and increase them, that they would see that God is God and Jesus is Lord. Come on, you can pray these things right out of Ephesians, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they would see clearly they need a Savior. You can pray these things for them. But to try to influence their will is not scriptural. In authority speaking, we have authority over the enemy, over evil spirits. We can speak to them. We can tell them to cease and desist what they're doing. Now, in your family, in your house, over your kids, you have authority. Yeah? But over your neighbors, come on now. If they're welcoming the enemy, if they want him there, we don't have authority over that. Some people just don't know. People don't know. I believe in your presence, in your your influence around you, 
you can exercise authority. When they're around you, you can exercise authority. I'll give you an example. There was a, a full gospel, spirit-filled, speaking in tongues, Holy Ghost preacher in town. And he had a good friend that went to another church. And they would, they would discuss these things, these spiritual matters, specifically being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the, his friend that went to another church didn't believe in it. Matter of fact, they preached against it. So uh, he actually invited his pastor friend to come to his church to hear this speaker talk about how speaking in tongues is not for today. And so it was, a, it was a service where he could go because he wasn't ministering. It wasn't a Sunday morning. It was like an evening service. So he went, and he started listening to this guy basically tear down what we know from Scripture about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he noticed that it was full of opinion and no Scripture. Just a lot of rhetoric and experience and things he'd seen and misappropriations. You know, people can get goofy with things of the Spirit. Did you know that? But most of the time, they were goofy before they got filled with the Holy Ghost. Right? So goofy's goofy. Right? So don't shut down the Holy Spirit because somebody's messing it up. Amen? Just, just trust God. He'll help you. You guys okay? So he's in there, and he's listening, listening to this message. And the guy got to the point where he actually was going to mimic and imitate speaking in tongues, kind of making fun of it, like anybody can do this. And under his breath, the preacher that was listening to this just took authority over the spirit that was causing this to happen. He said, I take authority over that in Jesus' name. And this guy that was speaking stopped immediately what he was doing and went and sat down and didn't even finish his message. <laughs> the Holy Ghost arrested him because there was a spirit working on him trying to degrade what the Holy Spirit wanted to do. And he took authority over it without being loud, boisterous, or anything. And then the next service, he got up and he said, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. The Holy Spirit arrested me. I shouldn't be talking about stuff I don't understand. That was pretty mature after something like that happening. Amen? So there's stuff going on. And you know there's something called a religious spirit? People that seem like they got it all together are really just being influenced by religious spirits. Just pay attention. That's what I'm asking you to do. Pay attention. The Spirit of God will prompt you. Did you know that? You can't just walk around Walmart and cast the devil out of people. That's just goofy. Be led by the Spirit. Amen? He'll lead you to people that need help. Yeah? But if you're not listening, it's really hard for him to do that. Where are you at? Acts 16? Go to verse 16, verse 16. Paul and Silas. Let's see. No, no, no. I want to go somewhere else. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Where do I want to go? Acts 16, 16. That's what I wrote down. Okay. That's it. Okay. Here it is. I'm in the right chapter. Thank you, Lord. Now it happened as we went, as, as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Now, why in the world did Paul wait many days? Come on, there was a time frame. She just followed him around. And what she was saying was actually correct. These servants are from the Most High God. Yeah? But Paul just got to a point where he was just, the Bible says he got annoyed with it. 
Now, the reason why he didn't deal with it right away is because he was waiting for the, um, he was waiting for the gift of the Spirit to manifest in his life. He was waiting for the discernment of spirits. This is a spiritual gift. He needed to know what was going on before he addressed it. So he let it go for a few days. It says many days. We don't even know how many was. It's at least three. Right? And so we got to just, just slow our roll sometimes. You have authority. You can exercise it. But you can't just exercise it whenever. You have to listen to the Spirit of God on the inside. This is kind of this is kind of not quite deep water message, but it's it's that part of the pool where it starts sloping where you can lose your balance. You know, and just slip into where you have to tread water. That's kind of we're right in the middle of the pool right here. God wants us to understand these things. He gave the anybody that believes the ability at the end of the of the gospels. He said believers will cast out devils in my name. That's anybody that's a believer from the least to the most senior so this is basic principle stuff. This should not be goofy stuff. I just really felt like the Lord was trying to get to us. There's some things going on in life and around us that we just need to take authority over. Just address. Say, you know what? Not anymore. Not in my house. Not in my presence. Yeah? Because you can't just cast the devil out of anybody. And not everybody has a devil. Good night, nurse. Looking under rocks for devils all over the place. That's not what Christians are supposed to do. Jesus didn't do that. He addressed it when it came up. And there are people that he laid hands on and he spoke healing into their life. Told them to rise up, take your bed and walk. And there were others that he had to cast the devil out. And just the very act of saying, get out in Jesus' name. They were healed from that. It was the devil that was causing their infirmity. Nothing else. Just a spirit. So as believers were standing in faith for, for healing, saying, Lord, this is in your word, what's going on? And sometimes we forget, we might, have, we might have something going on that's demonic. I don't mean you're possessed, you're levitating and doing weird stuff. Christians can't be possessed. You're already possessed by the Holy Spirit. A Christian can be oppressed by the enemy. You know there's a difference? Anybody live in an old house? An old house. Yeah. Right? And sometimes, sometimes, not much around here, but they can find termites in the house. So if they find termites in the house, does that mean there's termites in you? No, it's in the house. Right? Not in you. You can address the termites in the house. You can address the enemy and the oppression in your body, what's going on. That doesn't mean you're possessed. It just means the enemy's got some access in there, and he's just wreaking some havoc. And a lot of times, he just does it without you even knowing it, because he just wants to be in the shadows, and just then he teaches people, oh, this is God just teaching you something. This is God. He's working something out in you. It's garbage. So be led by the Spirit. Lord, what's going on? You got something that just keeps coming up, keeps bugging you, keeps being an irritant, whether it's in your body or in your finances or in your relationships? Ask the Lord. Lord, what's going on here? Is there something I need to do about this? Because I learned at church that I can take some authority. Yeah? Are you guys okay? Some of y'all are looking at me like a cow at a new gate. It's like, what? When did this get here?
Thank you, Jesus. Paul had to wait for that gift of discerning of spirits. He had to wait for it. Then God revealed it to him and he could deal with it. Amen? This is why we talked about the gifts of the Spirit. We've got to look for them, seek them out, listen to the Holy Spirit. Lord, what's going on here? He'll give you a word of knowledge. This is what's going on. You need to pray about that. He'll give you a, a discerning of spirits. This is, this is what's going on. There's a spirit involved here. You need to deal with that. Yes, sir. Amen? But you can't just cast the devil out of anybody and everybody. Let me give you an example. Husband and wife showed up to a healing meeting. This was their fifth or sixth healing meeting. Wife's got troubles. She's been in mental institutions. She's got some stuff going on in her body. She's partially catatonic, doesn't talk much. Husband's been to all these different healing meetings, all these different evangelists, trying to get some relief, some help. They pray for her, nothing changes. They finally come to this one. And this minister is working his way. He's praying for people down the line, gets to them, and the Holy Spirit stops him and says, don't pray for her. Don't pray for her? Don't pray for her. You need to talk to them after. So he says, okay, I need to talk to you guys after. Stick around. Finished the service and came to him. And the Lord showed him, he said, <clears throat> he gave him a word of knowledge, this minister, and he said, the Lord showed me this. He said, you've been to these other healing meetings and you've been prayed for many times. And you're actually, talking to the husband, you're actually angry at them because they didn't get deliverance for your wife. But the Lord showed me what the problem is, is your wife is oppressed of the devil, but she does not want to be free. And the Lord showed him all this. He's just relaying this, showed him all this. She doesn't want to be free. She heard another minister 10 years before say that he heard God speak to him in an audible voice. And, he, and, and the Lord spoke to him and he relayed what the Lord had said. It was important, enough for the Lord to show up audibly. So because of that, she began to seek voices. Do you know, if you start seeking to hear the voice of God, the enemy can do some stuff too. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, seek to hear the audible voice of God. It says to be led of the Spirit by the inward witness. Yeah? And if he needs to speak to you, he will. So she starts seeking voices, and the enemy obliged her. So she started hearing voices, and she liked it. So she just wrapped her arms around that and just hung on to it. And the enemy was just taking advantage of that. So when he looked at her, he says, you don't want to be free of this, do you? And she goes, nope, I want to hear these voices. He said, well, when you're ready, you want to be free of them, we can cast them out. But until then, there's nothing I can do for you. Come on now, that's powerful. You think about the stuff we've just allowed for too long, sometimes unknowingly. But we can't open the door to the enemy in our lives. When you want to shut every single foothold and crack down of the enemy to gain access to you. Yeah? So pay attention. Lord, search me. If there's anything in me that's not right, that I've allowed access, God, I do not want the enemy to have access to me or my family ever. Yay? He'll help you. Thank you, Lord. First Peter 5, 8 through 9. You guys doing okay? Come on, I know it's an hour earlier, but come on now. <laughs> we need the word to establish us. We need the word, amen? First Peter 5, 8 through 9 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, he's very clear, walks about like a, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That's a powerful verse when he says, seeking 
whom he may devour. That means who's given him access. That means you can close the gates. Katie, bar the door. Shore up the walls. Not have access. Yeah? You can do that. So he's looking around, trying to see whom he, he may devour. Yeah? And then he says, Peter says, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by their brotherhood in the world. The enemy's testing us and tempting us. But look, this is, this is the key right here. Ver, first part of verse 9. Resist the enemy steadfast. Underline, underline this in your Bible. Highlight it. In the faith. In the faith. When you cannot have faith for something unless you have heard the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yeah? So you can't just resist the enemy with your will. Oh, you get out of here. You got to use your faith. And if you haven't seen the scriptures for yourself, then you can't have faith to resist the devil. Come on now, I'm talking to some people I talk to all the time, where I encourage you all the time. Man, read the word of God. Make sure you're doing it on a regular basis. Ingest it. Digest it. Put it before your eyes and in your mouth and in your heart. Get the word of God in you. Amen? You should read the Bible regular. Even if you say, well, I don't read. Well, that's a terrible confession and stop saying it. Because a believer has to read. We have to read. Amen? Put the word of God in. It's vital. It's important. Then you can go back to it. You can draw from the well of the spirit of God, from his word. And you can actually resist the devil steadfast in your faith. Because your will will not persuade the devil to move one way or another. When Jesus was tempted, what came out of his mouth? It is written. Come on now. And three times he resisted him in a short window, and then the devil fled away for a time, licking his wounds. Because Jesus took care of business. You're going to have to do the same thing when you're tempted. You're going to have to do the same thing when you're confronted. You're going to have to do the same thing when something's talking to you in your back or in your knees or in your foot. Come on, you're going to have to do the same thing. Resist the devil steadfast in the faith and say, no, by the stripes of Jesus, that was healed. Past tense, already done. I receive it by faith in Jesus' name. It's a different attitude of faith. We don't wait to rejoice and thank the Lord when we see it happen. Of course, that's a rejoicing time. Of course it is. You're grateful because he already paid the price. Before you see it manifest in the flesh, I already received it in my spirit. That's people of faith. You have to receive things in your spirit before it shows up in the natural. Did you know that? This is just faith 101. Man, it's quiet in here. <laughs> Can hear Chris. Just faith 101. See it in the word, receiving it by faith, and just being like a bulldog on a bone till it shows up in my body. Because it's already mine. And there's a window of time sometimes between when you say that's mine and when you say here it is. What do you do in the meantime? Thank you, Lord. Glory to God, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead quickens my mortal body. You just keep talking like that, and then it shows up. Amen? I can't even tell you how many times Caden said, man, I'm so excited about my dog. Oh, I'm so excited about my dog. I mean, she didn't even, 
We haven't even found a dog yet. This is months and months and months ago. I'm so excited about my dog. I'm like, you keep talking like that. That thing's showing up on the doorstep. Yeah, right? Come on, there's something about faith that says, I don't care what I see. I don't care what I feel. I believe it now. It's mine now. That's having some authority, having some backbone, having some, yeah. The very definition of faith is a persuasion, a firm persuasion. That you are persuaded that is true. What happened to Thomas? Thomas says, I ain't going to believe till I see it. Till I touch his hands and see his side. Remember that? And Jesus said, you believe because you've seen. That's fine. But it's better, more blessed for those that have not seen and yet believe. It's better for you to see it. In the, hear the word of the Lord and say, I believe that. The disciples said, we saw the Lord. Thomas is like, no, you didn't. I mean, really? Bunch of lying dogs. Not till I see them. Come on now, that's, come on, Christian-wise, we, we get down on ourselves. We get down, we get down in the mouth because we didn't see it happen right away. Well, I did everything the word said. Come on now, you got to see it and believe it before it actually shows up. Faith is a firm persuasion. It's a conviction based on what you've heard. From the word of God. It's a conviction. This is true. This is mine. I'm not letting go. It will show up. It's simply what you believe. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. You will only defeat the devil when you have a foundation in God's word and act on it. That's the only way. Well, this, this message is designed to send you to the Word of God, to find out for yourselves what you need to know to handle your business in your house, on your job, in your body. So when you get victory, not only do you get the victory, but then you know how to keep it. Because God will do stuff for you just because He loves you. You know that? God heals people all the time. And they know very little about the word of God. Do you know that? It, it happened in, in the gospels. When Jesus was teaching and preaching and healing people. It happened in the New Testament when the disciples were doing the same thing. I mean, they got to a point where Peter was walk, walking in such great anointing. They were just putting people in the streets where he was going to walk, hoping that his shadow as he walked by would fall on them. And people were getting healed. Just by Peter walking by. That's the grace and mercy of God. And he'll do that for you. But there's something to be said about accessing and using your faith to keep your healing. The healing revival of, the, of 1947 and 1950, through, through 1958, there was like an 11-year window where God was moving like crazy. <coughs> That's just a normal cough, just in case you were wondering. Can we even have normal coughs anymore? 
And, and this, this healing movement came under attack because people would show up to these meetings and the power of God was strong. The anointing of God was there. And people that were paralyzed were getting up and walking. People that had never seen their eyesight was restored, never heard their ears were restored. People stiff with arthritis that hadn't moved in years got up and ran around the building. You know, you can run around in church if you get excited enough. When you've been bedridden for three years, you'd think differently. I'm taking a lap, baby. Woo! Yeah? People getting healed all over the place. And then they came under attack because these news stations would follow up with these people to see if it was real, if it was faked, if they were just planting people. And what they were finding out is these people would go home from these meetings into their own, house, their own homes, their own towns, their churches they were in before that didn't believe in healing, didn't preach in healing, didn't believe the works of Jesus were for today. And in not too long at all, they were right back where they started. Now, you can't say they didn't get healed. They were trying to, oh, it was just fake. It was just enthusiasm. It was just an adrenaline rush. Come on. Paralyzed adrenaline rush? Sure. Blind and now you can see? See, the enemy wants to come around after you've gotten a victory and start sabotaging it right away. Because if you go back to the old way of thinking and the old way of talking, and the second you get a creak, you're like, oh, there it is again. I knew it was coming back. I knew it was coming back. You see how you got there in the first place? He'll just, he'll just circle the wagons and bring you that same thing right back around. If you don't have a foundation in what God said, you don't know how to resist him steadfast in the faith. Nope, I receive healing. I rebuke that symptom in Jesus' name. I am not receiving that. Amen. That's the way to keep it. To know who you are, know how you got it, that God is good to you. This power doesn't just work for a little while and then he just yanks it away. That's not how it works. He flows in you and uses you for his glory. So something's got to happen in us. I mean, you can go to good meetings all your, all your life and see dramatic and wonderful things. God will do things. There's got to be some grit on the inside some steadfastness, some word-built faith on the inside that just says, no, I'm not putting up with that anymore. God touched my body, and I am healed in Jesus' name. Because the Bible says if you will resist him steadfast in the faith, he will what? He'll flee. Come on, he's out of there. He doesn't want any of that. He doesn't want any of you knowing, knowing the word of God. You guys ever had cycles in your finances where you're like, baby <laughs> it's going good and then it's like you got to the chink, 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 to the top and then everybody's screaming around you ah! you know what i mean what is going on it's this consistency of being in faith we times start getting good and it's you kind of forget how you got there i've done this in my own life in just construction work Man, when, it, when things are thin or dry, you get real good at talking, preaching the word to yourself. Glory to God, he provides all my needs according to his riches and glory to Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for good work, good customers, good paying working customers in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, they start flowing. And then you get busy taking care of all that stuff that you were believing God for. And guess what? Top of the roller coaster's coming, baby, because you hadn't flattened out. You hadn't stayed in it. You got to stay on that. Lord, I thank you that customers just keep coming. 
They just keep coming. Come on, what's your job? What's your business? What do you believe in God for? And you just stay on it. And you stay on, and you can ride high to high to high. Do you know that? God takes care of his kids, man. It's us that we get a little bit forgetful sometimes. If we stay consistent, he's consistent. Yeah, he's always faithful even when we're not. But if we'll stay faithful, come on now, it's even better for us. Got to have the word in our heart. Husbands, can't ride on the coattails of your wife anymore. Can't do it. You got to believe God for yourself. Ladies, you cannot ride on the coattails of your husband. You got to believe God for yourself. God wants to do stuff for you. Your kids are going to get to be the same way, kids, at some point. You got to believe God for yourself. God cares about you. Thank you, Lord. There's something we've got to do when we've seen a miracle, when we've seen God come through and be faithful. Jesus even told the guy at Bethesda, remember the pool of Bethesda? He went to the one guy in a porch full of hundreds of people trying to get healed. God sent him to that one person. And he said, rise, take up your bed and walk. Power of God hit him. He stood up, took his bed, walked out of there. Been there 38 years. Didn't even know the guy's name that healed him. Jesus found him later and he said, see, you've been made well. Go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Now, why would Jesus say that? Because there's something we need to do to keep our victory. When we can't fall back into the old habits. When God's done something to us, we've got to do something about it. Create new habits, do new things. Amen? Amen? Jesus understood this. Guard your mouth, guard your heart. Guard it. Come on, the enemy gains access through you. What you believe, what you say, what you talk about, what you believe. Everybody okay? Thank you, Lord. It's different. Each case is different for us. But we've got to be led by the Spirit. We've got to be led by the Spirit. Sometimes you'll, it'll be a, an oppression, an, an, an a demonic attack in your life or on your family. Sometimes it will be. Sometimes it's just they need healing. Something happened in their body. Something's going on, right? They just need healing. But understanding how to pray, how to use that authority is important as believers. Recognize it. Pay attention. God will show you. He doesn't want you to be ignorant. The Holy Spirit came that he would lead us into all truth and show us things to come, amen? Jesus meant that when he said it. So we've got to just be patient enough to listen to the Holy Spirit, and he'll guide us. Yay? God's helping us, I'm telling you. Need an army of Christians going into this county, into this state, that know who they are in Christ, that are willing to just stand up for what's right and say, you know what? I believe God wants to do something in this situation, so let's just pray for a minute, and we'll find out what it is. And people will be, you'll be shocked how people will just go, okay, let's pray. God will show you what to do. If you'll look for it, you'll take the time, Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let me pray for you. Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to chat with you and help you in your walk with God. We invite you to connect with us at wcspokane.com slash connect, and someone from our team will be in touch with you. 
You can also hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new content in the future. Thanks again for joining us, and remember, Jesus is coming soon.